welcome to Brad Speaks. Presenting the way to think about politics so you will know what to think. Now your host, Brad Job. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brad Job. And David Houston, we got on the topic of Henry Kissinger. Go, David. What were you talking about, Henry Kissinger? Well, I was just trying to think in my mind exactly one thing to tell you. And then I was at a loss as to the one thing. I didn't have one thing because all I knew was everything. Whenever your admiration showed for this man, I thought, wow, what do I not know about this man? Because everything I've ever heard about this man was not was for the people. Mm-hmm. It was for, for what? The world government. A world. That's what he wants. I hear you. I don't disagree with that. That's the problem I have with him. <laughs> and his non-promotion of the United States being and maintaining its presence in the world. As it did. Now, there's a lot of corruption. Here's what I think about Kissinger. <laughs> and, 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 and I've studied Kissinger. I'm not a genius of Kissinger. I couldn't write a PhD paper on this. But Kissinger, all right, so he was a, he's a Jew. And he immigrated and ended up working first for the Nixon administration. He was a, the head of the National Security Council. He was the Secretary of State. He uh, orchestrated Nixon's uh, trip to China during the Vietnam War. And he also is an American. This is why I started liking Kissinger, because under the the foreign policy theory of realism, it's not the realism that you and I think about as realism. I'm a realist. Well, that's not what foreign policy realism is. What's realistic? No, it's not. It's not. It really has nothing to do with that. It's Machiavellian. It's better to be feared than loved. Under the study of foreign policy... So if people are scared of you, they'll leave you alone. That's that's Machiavellian's theory, and that's a Kissingerian theory as well. Because he follows Machiavelli. And the guy's the smartest guy. No, there's absolutely no person on earth right now. And I think he's 99. He's cogent. He can speak. He speaks slowly. But he speaks very well. And there is absolutely no person. But he doesn't use ohms, huh? He probably doesn't. There's, <laughs> I, I would bet that there's a 100% chance that he doesn't say ohm because he thinks things very thoroughly, thoroughly as with this thick German accent. Yes. Okay. It's the greatest thing ever. But he decided in Vietnam, he, he, he ran the Vietnam War. But Kissinger said, so Kissinger said, it, this may not be verbatim his quote, but it was something very damn similar. When it was talking about Agent Orange, he, he was like, we, Kissinger is Machiavelli. We got to win this. We are going to win this at all costs. We will win because that's foreign policy. That's his whole life. Foreign policy. And the damn thing is, this guy's 99 years old now. And when I was in college, well, he when was, I was like 25 years old. Yeah. So he said something to the effect of, I don't care if we have to kill X number of civilians in Vietnam if it costs one of our assets. And the assets he was talking about were our soldiers. 
Kissinger was one of the only ones who said, we've got to win this war. He tried to go to Nixon, who was just trying to delay it because of political expediency. Delay the war. Just you know, We can't win. We can't do this. And Kissinger came up, went to Nixon and said, I don't care how many civilians we have to kill. If it costs one of our assets, because he's strictly thinking about foreign policy. He's strictly thinking about theory. He's a theorist. Okay. I think Kissinger wanted us to win. But he found himself on the other side of the ocean from escaping Germany in the Holocaust to coming over here and saying, all right, I want to play a game. Like, what's the the Saw movies? Do you want to play a game? Guess what Kissinger thinks about things. Kissinger says, now that I'm in the White House, (laughs) we're playing chess. Do you want to play a game? And Nixon said, I don't really like the way you think, but we've got to end this. A lot of people think about Nixon and they say, what do you think about Nixon? Well, he resigned. He was impeached and he resigned. Well, one of the things I think about Nixon was he got us out of the Vietnam War. And the reason he got us out of the Vietnam War was it was because of Kissinger. And because Kissinger, sitting in his desk at 45, if he's 99 now, he had to have been like 45 then. Because I wasn't even born. He's playing a chess game. But he's playing an international chess game on a foreign policy level with everything at stake. And he says, I don't care if it does cost this, however many civilian deaths in Vietnam, we have to win the war if it costs one of our assets. And that's the Machiavellian picture of the Kissingerian proclamation, if you will, that we will win. We will win. At all costs. I don't care what it costs. We have to win because it's about freedom. Kissinger's desire for freedom and the uh, promulgation of freedom, because he obviously did because of his background. He wanted the United States to win because he agreed with the domino theory, which is what Vietnam, the war started. The domino theory was if Vietnam falls and Cambodia will fall, everything else over there will fall to communism, and we cannot allow that to happen. You know, that's back in McCarthy and all the other stuff. But we didn't want communism to prevail. So that's why we went to Vietnam. But the problem is when we went to Vietnam, we didn't go to win. And then Kissinger came and won the war, but he taught theorists, people that study foreign policy that already know about Machiavelli that says it's better to be feared than loved everything the state at all cost. The survival of the state at all cost. Now, that's a great segue into this balloon. We're back for the second segment. Well, there's only a million things. <laughs> I thought it was funny our, what we got started on with Kissinger and everything, but yeah, it's the whole thing. Being involved in at such a high level. On the level above people. Does that make sense? The level above people? You know what I'm talking about? No. you have any idea what I mean? I have no idea. The hierarchy of people in the world, in all these areas. When you look at that and you think of the influence being put on those people from the unseen side. Like from the Davos Convention? Well, most of them are being influenced by this group for sure. And who is this? The fallen. I don't know about the evil, the entities that were made 
rulers over the nations. Is this a group of people? This is spiritual warfare. Oh, are we talking about Ephesians 6.12? That's part of it. Are you talking about, like, corporeal beings, like people? No, but people influenced by entities. That's what I'm talking about. Do you mean spiritual warfare? Yes, on that level, you've got these people. People? Now, I'm talking about people this time. You have people in the world that are straight up evil. Then you got people in the world that are highly influential. Then you got people in the world that not only are they well received and highly influential, but corrupt is you have no idea the depth of corruption. But some are admired, some are loathed, some are sought after as far as I want to be like him, you know, or her, or it, or whatever. I don't know. It's changing really, really fast. And on that level where your influence as a person, a corporeal being, is great over many people. Your sphere of influence. Your sphere of influence, exactly. That sphere is part of a bigger sphere over this nation. Because when you understand about the entities mentioned in the Bible, that God said, these spirit beings are over the nations. That's what it says. I'll, I'm going to check. No, no, no. It's just wild to think about. I know it's Ephesians 6, 12. Okay, that's what this you're is, talking about. I think you're talking about something more specific. Yeah. I'll go ahead. No, no. But that's that's what I'm saying. So when we start talking about the Chinese or the Japanese or the dirty knees or the look at these or whatever, that's under... Did you see the dirty knees and look at these? Yeah. <laughs> so, way to bring some com- comic uh, relief to this. Comic no, to I'm just saying. Dirty knees and look at these. Yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying is, you're, it's you're all so it's also woven, so interconnected with all of it. It's it's ridiculous how the level of all of it. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind whatsoever that uh, <laughs> that this world is controlled by spiritual wickedness. And evil in high places. And you and I, we do differ in in things that we are concerned about, although those are interwoven, the things that we're concerned about. I'm more interested in the political level. Well, that's what I'm saying. On the political level, the influence is coming from a higher level Everything that we've got going on in the country right now, everything, all this Chinese crap, everything that we've got going on on the planet Earth right now is is driven by by these, you're going to call them entities. I'm going to just call it spiritual warfare. Same thing. Yeah, same. Yes, it. Uh, yes, so they're synonymous. Those yeah. terms. I have absolutely no I, no doubt whatsoever. That's what's going on. However, it's it's almost impossible to. It isn't. No, it is impossible. It's impossible to convince everyone that the problems that they have in their own lives and the problems that we have in this country, the problems that we have on the planet, originated it's a, a spiritual it's a, it's a level? derivative of, of spiritual warfare. Right. They don't want to accept it is what the deal. Well, they don't want to accept it, but some of them don't even want to know. They don't right. know. Some of, no, it's not that it, it I, I hear what you're saying, right. but it's not willing to accept it. And it's not even a willingness to deny it. It's an unconscious willingness to be uninformed because they don't want to know. Because right. they can't know. Because if we were going to talk about this it, this is our conversation that we're having. I'm a Christian, and I you are right. Yes. Okay. I believe that once you begin to deny the God who created us, and that starts with the willingness to accept 
there is no creator by agnostics, atheists, Bill Gates, George Soros, even though he's a Jew and Bill Gates is agnostic, he, George Soros doesn't read into that. Once you start to let yourself believe that you weren't created, if you're hawking Sagan et al., once you begin to let yourself believe that you weren't created, then there's nothing holding you back. Right. There is no moral compass. Right. Because what is the hell what the hell is a moral compass? Where's morality come from? If there's no morality, if there's no if nobody created you to give you a moral compass, then you're free to do what you want to do. And you're free to do it without compunction. That's why I believe that we have reached a tipping point. Because we see people we, we look at the country. We see that I will never hold back on this program. You mentioned your granddaughter. And she said, uh, why does Biden think he's God? It's political. Biden doesn't think he's God. Obama doesn't think he's God. What's unfortunate is that for power, as a political play, they have convinced everybody that supports them that they have godlike powers. When Obama was running for president, I will never, ever forget this. He said, this was the moment when the rise of the oceans began to slow and our planet began to heal. If you elect me, then the rise of the oceans will begin to slow and our planet will begin to heal. That's that's godlike power speak. Yes. That's, that's the language of, of, of Zeus. Greek mythology. These people that have that power, they speak it, and then people follow them. And, and it's and, and now fast forward four thousand years, and we still have the same people saying the same and convincing the same damn sheep and lemmings they will follow them off of any hill because this is the time when the oceans stop to rise and our planet begins to heal. I'll tell you what. I want to know. Here's, here's a good question. I want to know what the temperature of the earth is supposed to be. And as long as we send enough taxpayer money, and I, I cut off my truck outside, because I like my truck. You like your car? Yeah, yeah, I do too. If we cut that off and we send a whole bunch of money to Washington, to Washington, D.C., it's a little... 10 square miles. Yeah, yeah, it's enough. a little place. You send enough money there, they will fix this planet and they will, they will uh, control the temperature. I, I, I want you know what I want the temperature to be. Uh, what it was on, on, on like seventy June third. Yeah, all the time June third. Let's set it there. Yes. How much money you need for that? Right. Let's and then that. when when it's a football game, I want you to turn down the temperature because I want to like it a little cool and I like some snow. That's where I want it. But if you just want to keep it, if you think you're God, if you think that you can control this planet, this universe, look, look, man, the universe. If you've got the testicular fortitude to think that you can control the, the damn temperature on this earth and that weather patterns and the jet stream, I, I want you to just, there's about 500 YouTube videos and I don't recommend YouTube, so find it somewhere else. I would, can't, you can't go to the library now because there's a drag queen between you and your kid and, and this stuff. I don't know where you're going to find the information. And look at the, look, look at the expanse of the universe. If you can control the the temperature on Earth, I want you to control the temperature out there. I want you to control, but because we have entropy, that's Newton's law. 
we are losing heat. This universe will one day lose heat and is gone. These morons, but it's a political power play. But what sucks is people that have discernment, like me and you, and hopefully those in our audience, know you cannot control the, the weather on this planet. But they do all the time. Been in control of the weather for a long time. Okay. Al Gore. Al O W L Gore. Yeah. You remember Al Gore? Because he's worth like $29 million. Yeah. And saying he could control the weather. No, no, wait, hold on. No, that's a fact. He's gone all the way around the damn world since he lost to George W. Bush in Florida because 2,000 people in Broward County voted for uh, Pat Buchanan. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, and that actually goes to the intelligence of the Democrat voters. They thought they they couldn't understand a butterfly butterfly ballot, and so they voted for out. They voted for George J. Bush. They thought they were voting for Al Gore, but they voted for for Pat Buchanan. So Al Gore now goes out there. He's got in Nashville, Tennessee. His house has the he he uses the most electricity. I know in that zip code. In that zip code, at least I know for two years. He flies a private jet. Right. And he flies all around, all over the world. Right. Telling people he can control the weather if you just give me money. Yeah, he, and he's using it for politics, but I'm telling you that it goes on. There, I'm telling you, listen, <laughs> there there was more global warming gas. I didn't say they're raising. Spit out by Mount Pinatubo in five minutes than every car yes, absolutely. that's ever been driven on this planet. In, in the entire world. Oh, Period. Yes. And, and, and the other day at Davos, I don't even have to look this up. Because I remember it. Because I heard him say it. And then my podcast, the, your, your and my podcast will die or live on this statement. He said that the emissions that we put out on the planet are equal to 600,000 Hiroshima-level nuclear weapons on a daily basis. Well, that's all. Now, of course it is. <laughs> but, that's the- but if people believe this, you got little Greta Thornburg. Out there, who's being abused by these Davos people? Let her go out there, and she's got Asperger syndrome, so I don't. I'm sensitive to her issues, but she's still out there doing it. And now she's 21, so now she's out in the public. Hey, she's in the public now. She's game. If she wants to attack me, if she wants to attack anybody else on on the the correct side of this global thing, climate. Then now she's now she's game. We can go after her just like she's gone after us. She's twenty one now. I'm There's sure. absolutely no freaking way the exhaust out of my car and I'm everybody not- else's car can change this climate. It's it's impossible. All the coal that we're burning for the power plants, electric cars, the rare earth materials that we have to extract from Africa and other places where there's slaves literally digging this crap up. For the batteries in these cars are coming from, not just to mention that, but the batteries weigh so much, they weigh more than half the damn cars that they're in. Where the hell are they getting electricity? From coal-powered power plants. So you still got to have electricity. You still got to burn shit. The emissions that you think you're saving by driving an electric car, by getting a Tesla... Yeah, it's not it, It's ridiculous. No, it's stupid. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely asinine. Right. Seventh grade. Sixth grade. Mount Pinatubo. That one eruption, that one dead gum volcano spit out more 
global greenhouse gases and that one eruption than every car that's ever been driven on this planet. And, and Al Gore at Davos, he also said, uh, we're going to stop the boiling of the oceans. The boiling of the oceans. Let me ask you something. You're not God. That's where we came. That's why we started this conversation. Scholar asked you, why does Biden think he's God? That's a very prescient, very good question from a child. What is she, 11? Do you have any idea how many underwater volcanoes are in the oceans? They're spewing like crazy. Have you heard of Hawaii? The whole damn nation's it's made a lot. Right. And you think if you if I stop driving my car and then stop those emissions, that the vol- underwater volcanoes aren't going to happen anymore? The on top of the water volcanoes aren't going to happen anymore? It's such ludicrous for them to think that that... But it's working. That's the thing. That's what sucks here. It's working. And it's teaching it in the public schools. Yeah. They're teaching this crap in the public schools. And the public... And and the kids come home. There's a kid... There's a congresswoman somewhere. She said... She showed her kid... She said... She asked her kid about what her child thought about climate change. And she said, Mommy, the earth is going to burn up and we're all going to die soon. And she asked her... And you can look this up. She asked her, she said, what do you think about that? She said, it makes me sad. This woman who's in Congress, who's supposed to be one of the smart, I mean, we should send the smartest people to Congress. Ask her child about climate change, and she said, the earth is on fire. We're all going to die soon. And she said, how does that make you feel? I mean, there's so much in that statement, I can't even start. First of all, it's a complete emotional analysis of what the topic is. I mean, how does it make you feel? Well, you should ask her, have you done an intellectual study on this? Have you asked yourself, have you done any research on this? Now, how does it make you feel? Because that's what we that's why we've ended up where we are right now in this country. Because everybody feels things. It's all emotional based. But then she sends this soundbite out where she asked her kid this. And her kid said, "We're all, the earth is on fire. We're all going to die soon. How old was the kid? I don't know. I'm guessing between 8 and 10. The, and then they teach us in the public schools. And then you and I, just as dads, we're like, my goodness, we just want to go to work. We want to operate businesses. We just want to do whatever we've got to do. But then you've got this public school. You send your kids off to school, and they're not taught to read, write, and do math. They're taught this crap. And now... The stuff you try to teach them at home, well, you just want to go home. Now you have to, this indoctrination by the left, which they have been so good at. They have absolutely cornered the market on our children mm-hmm. and their brains with the internet. And, and their phone, in their hands. We hadn't even started talking about China and TikTok. And you're sitting there going, you're beating your head against the wall saying, man, they, they control this, the, the, the curriculum. Right. Try to go up against the teachers' unions. Why the teachers' unions? Why are all these people that think differently than we do on the left? Why are they all I never understand how they... It goes back to the spiritual level because they want to control... Because that's, that's the end game. That is the end game. We're in, who controls the children? You know, and look, and I've said this before, I think in our first podcast, Terry McAuliffe. I can't believe he lost. He should have been propped up and everybody. Well, he was propped up on a lofty perch on the liberal perch in America and said, hey, 
Don't question what the teachers teach your children. You have no control over that. And you shouldn't have. And you shouldn't question it. Well, he lost by two points. I can't believe it. I actually still can't believe Terry lost that race. I don't know how it got on this. But the left is... I have been saying this for so long. The left is after your children. And they're not just after them. They got to change them. They got them. No, they got them. The left has got the children. And if you stand up and you say something about anything, let's think about it. Listen, on how many levels has the left, when I say left, I mean godless. On how many levels do they have our kids? First of all, schools, the school curriculum, the internet. Why can we not get something passed to keep certain things on the internet from our kids? Why does the left absolutely want to infest our children with pornography? Why can't we take every... I know there's a Supreme Court decision that says it's it's art, it's a First Amendment issue. Why is every year we try to push through something through Congress to say we're going to put called .com, .net, .us, what's the last thing called? Why can't we put .xxx? But why can't we say... You've got to sign in. You've got to do this before your kids get into it. I read an article the other day that said, um, this won't surprise anybody. It just The research confirmed everything we know. Nine, 20% of nine-year-olds are introduced to pornography on the internet at nine years old. And by 13 years old, 90% of our children are introduced to pornography on the internet. You can have all the, the safeguards on the internet, on their phones, but they find a way around them. Why don't we have the desire to protect our children? Where is this? And it, now the left, they want to have, for a child to have puberty blockers in fourth grade and without their parents knowing. Why do they want this to happen? Why can you, why do we have laws in the book that say you can't get a tattoo before you're 18 without your parents' permission, but you can have an abortion? When you're 13 and you don't have to tell your parents. Well, the answer is defining deviancy. Then. We're living in a debaucherous society more than we ever have. And everybody for the last 2,000 years of recorded human history have said, oh my gosh, everything's getting worse. Everything's getting worse. But man, I believe we've reached a tipping point where we have lost all control. It's We are living literally in a godless society. And that's the only thing that's made America the country we are, the greatest. And there's been a book written called The Late Great United States. What makes the United States great? We talked about that earlier. Our God principles, our moral base. David, they can't stand this country for one reason. They're already rewriting things. They're rewriting history. Look at the history books in, in, in the public school system. They're rewritten. No, they were rewritten years Yeah, ago. yeah. And they will continue to rewrite them as long as we allow them. The control issue is what the left, and that's where the spiritual realm comes in. The control issue is where it's very hard to separate politics from the spiritual realm. Marx said... Religion is the opiate of the masses. Why did Marx say that? Because it controls us, and it should control us. The Bible gives us 
limitations on what we do. And it's not because God wants to keep us from having fun or enjoying ourselves. And he gave us a sex life. But there's controls. He put controls there. The left does not like controls. And that's why they hate this country. Because even though we are, we call ourselves free, they want to have no limitations on anything. You've got the Man Boy Love Association, MAMLA, National Man Boy Love Association. They want to take the the age of consent to twelve. They want no control over anything they do. Is our founding documents again are are predicated on God? Read them. They cannot stand that. They absolutely want freedom with no compunction to do what they want to do with whom they want to do it. And so they're getting more and more control through the public school systems, through the internet, and through the news media, through these apps that these kids are on, to control the children. If they get to the children, then they've got the next generation. I mean, Reagan said on a political level, we're one generation away from losing freedom. Well, we're one generation away from a completely godless society. And once that happens, I'm an optimist by nature. And my dad used to tell me, I will tell you when to panic. I will tell you. I will tell you when to panic about the country and the condition that we're in. And I said, well, are we there with this election? Are we there with this election? And he said, no, no. As long as we have the Constitution and as long as we have we abide by the principles of the Declaration of Independence. There's no need to panic. This country is worth fighting for. The freedom that we have is worth fighting for. But what we have to do, my dad told me, teach your children. And I only had one kid. I'm not going to panic over the situation that I see as dire in this country, but we have to teach people. There's got to be a voice. And I have told so many people, I wish, and you and I have talked about this. You know, Freddie Mercury said, sometimes I wish I'd never been born at all. Well, I'm glad I was born, but sometimes I wish that I wouldn't have been congenitally imputed by God with the desire to promote and further freedom because it's a burden. And I've got other things to do. But I look around and I see people so unappreciative. I go to grocery stores. I, I'm off Facebook now. But I remember when I was on Facebook. And one of the reasons I got off of there is because I saw these people complaining about the most mundane crap. And they're one of the most influential, most successful zip codes in the country. And they'll complain about the most just mundane stuff. And you're like, where, where the hell did we go wrong? And I don't know how to fix it. But if I could fix it, the fix is teaching your children, A, about our founding documents, B, and not necessarily in this order, the Bible, that something came from something, nothing comes from nothing, that we are created, we have a creator. We live in the greatest, underneath the greatest invention of mankind. Until we teach our children, we have to reverse this process because the process right now in schools, in the curriculum, 
and especially on the university level, and we ain't even gotten into the, the Chinese influence. Until we reverse that, it's got to be reversed. It can't be stopped. It can't be slowed. It's got to be reversed. It's got to be stopped. And somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to stand up. But there's got that's there's the political realm. And this is where we enter the political realm. We got about 146,000 Chinese Communist Party research affiliated professors in our university system that are teaching our kids that are stealing our research, stealing everything. And then, and couple that with the left that says anything goes, you got to have safe rooms. You better have all this stuff. If you say something that, that we don't like, we're going to cancel you and throw you off campus. And until we stop that, until we stop it, we just can't stop it. It's got to be reversed. Think about fishing. You know, I'm, that's what's in my head right now. Like I'm, I've been in some precarious situations. We'd pull a boat off the side of the the river and I'll go out and fish and I get a little bit too far out. And if I could, if I wasn't an excellent swimmer, I'd been dead. You can't just, there I go. You got caught in the river current? Yes. Yeah. I got caught in the current and I'm going down the river. I throw, <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but I, no, I throw my rod. I just get on my back and start doing butterflies and backwards straight towards the bank. This cultural climate in which we live insofar as our children are concerned, they're going downstream. Not even knowing how to get to the bank. And they don't even know how to butterfly back. Some of them don't don't even know they're going down the stream. And they don't! They're oblivious to even going down the stream. They They don't don't, know they got to get off. (laughs) And anybody that cares is way up here. Right. What can I do to help them? And they can't hear them. And they're gone way down there. Because their dads and their parents are sitting there watching them going downstream. And they don't know they're going downstream. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, no doubt. They're in the river with them. There's about three generations all doing the same thing right now. It's a spiritual, this is a battle. It's a spiritual battle. And I don't know what we can do to fix it. I, I know you and I are trying to do something to fix it. We're teaching our kids and our grandkids. It takes what we're doing to do what we do on the level that the Lord gave us the opportunity to do and the desire to do. And let's give a shout out real fast to our wives. Hmm. Our family. Yes. All of them. Yeah, to, to, to let us be here. Caitlin's almost eight months pregnant. Right. You yeah. got a wife, a home, everything to take care of there. So let's just yeah, that's what I was gonna pause and take a shout out to them and say, Hey, yeah. thanks for letting yes. us do this and not being pains in the butt about it. Right. That too. Because we ain't getting paid millions of dollars. That's the other aspect of it is here's you said, I said what I do mean. I do? Right. Here's what I would say, and that is first foremost, know your relationship and be the best example you can be. Now, here's where it gets difficult. Being an example. <laughs> no. <laughs> being, That's not problem. <laughs> so here's the thing. You've got to, to preserve. You can't depend on somebody else to do it. If you depend on somebody else to do it, then you've given up already. You've got to spend some energy defending what you love. Spend energy defending what you believe. And when I say spend energy, that can be a lot of things, and it can be a lot of different things. Here's the way I look at negative energy. If you want to spend your energy on negative things, I think the negative thing overall will be brought to ruin, and I would encourage you to not waste your energy. I would encourage only, like I said, just conduct yourself in such a way. And I know that's the challenge, but that's not where I was really getting. It was a challenge. I just figured, do what's right. 
Be the best example all the time. Everybody fails. That's a, that's the big problem is that we do fail. We just admit to failure or, you know, even if you fail and nobody's watching and you realize it, that's the thing. Because I fail a lot. <laughs> but what I'm saying is just do something. Do anything above being mindful of yourself. Here's the way I'm looking at it. Be mindful of yourself no matter what. So we're no longer talking about being mindful of yourself. And if you feel overwhelmed that, well, stop. Think of one thing you can do to make it better. And I'm not talking world peace and I'm not talking save the planet. I'm saying smile at people if you don't. Let people in front of you if you don't. If you're in line to buy a cup of coffee, buy a cup of coffee behind them. Or what, you know, the whole pay it forward. But I'm not saying that. I'm not here for pay it forward. I'm saying do the, and I'm not, if you start driving around paying for people's stuff, people are going to start following you. So yeah, <laughs> don't do no that. But, but I'm going to get behind you. Yeah. What I'm saying is just do something. Right. Because you know, as a given, you're going to be doing the best for yourself. And then that's where it gets like, yeah, start a podcast if you want to, or offer to stand up and ask for prayer if you have never done so. As a person that believes you should instantly be able to pray for them. And even if you don't know the situation, you can you can just lift them up and ask Father to continue the blessing of life for and any and everything after. That's, you know that's a that's a uh, a concern I've had in life. It's not a, it's as I get older, it's not a concern as so much as it was earlier. You know my mother, she is a tall. She's too, a proselytist. My dad and some of my uh, mentors, we're all Christians. But one of the things that I believe. That again, I was imputed congenitally with the desire for freedom, and I do that. Last night, my wife and I and my 17-month-old went out to eat. Well, I made sure she had a American flag bow in her little cute hair, and she walked in with a little, just a small little American flag. Just, I think that, and other children that see that, Keep the love of America. At least somebody saw a flag. At least we're going to keep that part alive. When's the last day you know you walked down the street and you saw something? Why doesn't everybody have a flag? Right. Well, Alyssa, my 14-year-old, she knows. I'm not going anywhere without a flag. That's one little thing you can do. Jesse, little Jesse, 17 months old, walked in there with a little American flag bow, and she had a little American flag in her hand. And she thought it was a, she thinks it's a she doesn't know what it is, but she will. She also, when she walks in there and sees kids that are her age or a little bit older, they don't have a flag. Well, where's your flag? <laughs> you don't have a flag. And it just, that's one small thing that I do. You're talking about small things that just start to yeah, just make it big. Right. But, start but small. just keep it, keep the flag out and open. Give well, respect yeah, yeah, to the flag. Hey, hey. That's one thing. They don't know what the hell right. Declaration of Independence is. Teach them under this heading. Yeah, there you go. Because the other ones are what the other ones represent. Yeah, freedom. Yeah, you got to have the flag. Not that everybody else is wrong. You may have a no, different no, no, no. idea. Oh, look, hold on. Okay, but me, you give it, you show me a, a Chinese flag. I'm going to say, hey, this is the difference between these two bands. And if somebody else has a different flag, then we can talk about it. But we can also talk a difference between what that flag stands for. And then there it goes back again to the media and saying, hey, this flag sucks. Let's burn it. Let's do whatever we have to do to, to destroy it. And right. this country sucks. It was based on slavery. And that's what they're being taught in public schools. 
No, it is ridiculous. It's more than ridiculous. This is what we need to promote. Freedom. Yeah. And the documents that gate. Yeah. I mean, we could do 15 minutes on immigration. Why the hell they want to come here? Right. You know. And then the people that are here profess their desire to leave. But you've got everybody on the planet that wants to come here. There was another study I read the other day. 800 million people on the planet want to come to America. And half the people in America want to change it. (laughs) And then I wish the people that want to leave America would. Welcome back. Glad to have you. The Brad Job, David Houston podcast. We've got to get to something before this podcast is over. This is going to be our final segment, but this is the one that we really need you to listen to because this is what's on everybody's mind now, and we need to tell you what to think about it because I know everybody's out there going, what the hell's going on? This balloon's going across America. Is it a big deal or is it not a big deal? I think it's a big deal, but in a different big deal than what you're hearing in the media. First of all, I think what we ought to do is go through a timeline. Then we're going to get to the politics of it. So the Biden administration knew this balloon was coming from China. They saw it. We know that now. I wanted to wait to talk about this until we got a little bit more information. So the Biden administration saw this balloon. It's coming across Alaska. Here it comes. It's coming from China over Russia and coming in this way. If you have a globe in your hand, then you can kind of figure that out. And I think you should. Literally, you should. Do that just so you get a, a look, so you be more informed than your friends. And that's a very important to me. The Biden administration sees this balloon, it's coming across Alaska. Here it comes. They knew it, they knew it was there. They didn't tell anybody. Not everything that our intelligence agencies know needs to be told to us. However, when you have a balloon, a spy balloon, from the Chinese Communist Party, and do not let people tell you it's from the PRC. If you hear or if you read or hear anybody pontificate on this issue and they say the PRC, they're talking about the People's Republic of China. I can promise you it's not the People's Republic of China. It's the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. So the Chinese Communist Party sends this balloon, a gigantic freaking balloon, probably already heard is about like the payload on the bottom of this balloon. When I say payload, it means it's hanging off the bottom of it. Think a satellite, electronic equipment. The electronic equipment that this balloon is able to carry is a helium balloon for what we know, unless it was hydrogen, and that would be stupid. Think Hindenburg. They've got about a three school bus load payload underneath this balloon that's flying across America for, if nothing else, for spa purposes. So it, it comes across America. It ends up in Montana. Billings, Montana. Over Billings, Montana. Some guy with a phone, with an iPhone, looks up in the sky and sees this big balloon. It's 66,000 feet. All right. If you've ever flown in an airplane, you probably have not gotten above 32,000 feet. It's pretty rare. I've flown in a bunch of airplanes, and I've never gotten above 32,000 feet. So you're literally in the stratosphere. And I did look that up to make sure, because there's like 15 different spheres, and everybody goes, hey, it's in the stratosphere. But it's a stratospheric balloon. It's up there, and it's controlled. It has the ability to hover. It has the ability to maneuver although it is mostly controlled by wind. But this balloon hovered, and we know that. This is facts. Over two military installations, 
in America. One happened to be over Missouri, and the other one, Missouri's where we keep our uh, our nuclear capable aircraft that they fly and they don't land. They go across the planet and they get refueled and they come back. They do 24, 36, 48 hour missions and they come back. And the other one's over the nuclear silos, which I, and there's a third one. I'm not going to mention that. So this balloon actually stopped, hovered over these two new, these two military installations. Okay. Then that happens. This guy in Montana takes a picture, gives it to the Billings Montana Gazette. They published the picture. So now the Biden administration realizes that they can't keep this a secret anymore. The whole world knows about it. The Secretary of State is supposed to make a trip to China in four days. You can conjecture and say, well, why did the Biden administration try to keep this thing under wraps? Why did they not let the public know that they were being surveilled? Why did the Biden administration not let us know that there's a spy balloon from the Chinese Communist Party flying over the United States of America because they didn't want to disrupt Secretary Blinken's trip to China. One of the things you have to know about Joe Biden is that he, he's not proactive. The, the left, they're not proactive against threats to the United States of America they would rather keep things under wrap to try to keep things cool and calm and collective. You would think, well, that's there's nothing wrong with that. What's the problem with that? The problem with that is that if you're going to have, if you're going to let the CCP, not the PRC, if you're going to let the Chinese Communist Party fly a balloon over the entire United States, the Biden administration is well aware that the public knows, that they now know that there's a spy balloon from the Chinese Communist Party over Montana. Once that's found out, I would like to say I wouldn't want to be in the PR section of the White House and the Communications Department, but actually I would under the right president. The Biden administration says they are not going to shoot this balloon down because they're worried about private citizens on the ground and an injury that it may cause. In Montana, give me a break. Big Scott Country. Big Scott Country. That's why the hell they call it Big Scott Country. So they don't do anything. They don't do anything. They let it keep going. Meanwhile, this balloon and the electronic equipment that it has underneath it is collecting data that at this point we don't really know what it exactly it is, but it's working and it's sending real-time data back to the CCP. And we all know they can erase this equipment. They can erase the data on it as long as it's getting sent back in real time. So even if we recovered it, we would not know exactly what. If we shot this balloon down and we poked a hole in it, if it's a helium balloon and it floats down, we're not going to be able to recover the data. But don't give... Here's the problem I had, dude. The problem I had with, with it, when this happened was I want this shit blowing out of the sky on a political level, if nothing else. So that's where we are in, in this story, is we're still over Montana. Billings, Montana, and it took a private citizen to put it, to send it to a newspaper. They send it to a newspaper. Newspaper puts it in, in the paper, publishes it the next day. Biden administration and everybody else is now aware that the Biden administration knows this thing is there. And they, they knew it was there. They've known it for days. 
They first claim that they didn't know it was there, the Biden administration. Then the Chinese Communist Party says, well, it's an inerrant weather balloon that just got caught up in the jet stream and got sent over the United States of America. That's, you know, that's, that's when my red flags went up. I'm like, you know, I'm waiting to listen to that. I'm willing to listen and see what you've got to well, say what about What kind this. of weather activity did you pick up? Yeah, yeah. So let's see it. Release the information. Yeah, fine. If you, but now it's all changed. And you'd think coming from China, they'd have miniaturized it, that it wouldn't have needed to be as big as three buses. Because we can conjecture that that's not what they were. It was not a, a weather balloon and it's not an inherent right. thing and it didn't accidentally come How over. How is it so big? That's bigger than my house, kind of. But I'm telling you, <laughs> no doubt. I mean, if you. Right, it's if an you apartment complex on a balloon. Yeah. That's basically you, what it is. If you unfolded the uh, balloon itself, I think it was bigger than a football field. So now the Biden administration knows this is there, and they also know that the public knows it's there, and they still don't do anything. They wait. And, you know, if this is not liberalism on parade, if this is not, I'm going to say it, faggotry, gaydom, kitty cat, government officials, Let's just go back to third grade. Sissydom, limp-wristed. Oh, I got it. Limp-wristed, linguine spine, plastic banana. I want to piss off China. They want to. They want to get along. You sit. You invaded our airspace. You've known about it, and then you got you got busted by this dude, Billings Montana. Billings Montana. Yes. There you go. What is it? Let's let's learn a new word. They let this thing go. Because they don't want to create a problem with China. We're not trying to get too much. I'm not going to get off the subject. I'm going to do the, I'm going to digress for about five seconds. Why that? You got to think about the Hunter Biden and Chinese and all this in his laptop. But we're not going to go in there. Do they have anything on this guy? I don't know. So then they let the balloon go and it keeps going. But we're tracking it. We're tracking every move. Well, damn it, shoot this damn thing out of the damn... But we don't want to hurt somebody on the ground. You're over Montana! You're over... You're over Montana. Where the hell else could you be where there's fewer people? You're going to hurt a cow. So that's why I think it's a point. That's the most thing... That, that's, that's the worst thing that could probably happen. Or you tear up somebody's farm, their field. Right, or their barn. Yeah, bar, screw the barn. But you and I talked about this yesterday, and I'm going to say it. If my kid, my 17-month-old, I'm going to use my my little precious one. My 17-month-old was out in my front yard, and there's a dead-gum Chinese Communist Party balloon over my house, and, and, and Biden wanted to shoot it down, and it landed on top of my kid. I'd be okay. I mean, I wouldn't be okay with it, but I'd be like, well, you got to shoot it down. Get this thing out of here because it's collecting data. Don't let them think that you're willing that you're willing to... That the United States of America is scared to lose a citizen and let us just fly this thing over and complete its mission. That's the thing we have to all understand, which I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. This thing's on a mission. This balloon, whatever the hell's underneath it, whatever its mission is, there is a mission. I don't even have to guess what the mission is. I don't know if it's EMP-able device. I don't know if it's taking pictures. It might be fake. I, I, I don't know what it is. It but we do know it's from the CCP. We do know it's China. They already admitted it. They've already admitted it, and they said it was a weather balloon. Okay. So we already know. We've already got that information. That's part of the information. And in the study of foreign policy, how to deal with international level, you need information. 
Well, the first piece of information that we need to decide, which we decided and we discerned very quickly because the CCP said so, was their balloon. Yes, it is our balloon. And we didn't mean for it to go there. All right. We know that. That's the first piece of information that we needed to know is where this damn thing came from. CCP says, yes, it's our balloon. Blow it up. Period. That's what I would have done. I mean, it's got to go. The diplomatic back channels through the State Department and not just say, okay, well, Secretary Blinken's not going to go over the, to China now. Ooh, I'm sorry. We don't have to host the Secretary of State of the United States of America now. Blow this damn thing out of the sky, first of all. And still Show China <laughs> that you have a, a pair between your legs. That's what I'm saying. You should blow it out of the sky and still go. And then look looking at me in the face and, and say, say you do this again? Yeah, and quit killing people. And take all your control away. Yeah, and do it. Do it on camera. Yeah. Go sense. over there and say, yeah, that's oh, that's where I'm about to get when they try to say, well, Trump did it, which is complete crap. Man, maybe that's why I'm not president. Because I would have sent, I would have had Blinken, first of all, because I can't stand him. He's he he's a pussy willow. It's a tree. I would not send Blinken over there. I'd, I'd have sent a, I'd have found a cool-ass retired general, and I'd have been like, we're going over there. We're going to have our video cameras. We're going to sit there. We're going to look at you in the face. We're going to point the finger in your face. And I might even touch this. I'm, I'm, a, I'm getting angry, and I don't want to get angry because nobody wants to hear that. But I am. And, and maybe that's why I'm not the president. But you've got the National Security Council, and you've got all these other people that are on your team to calm, to, to calm you down and then say, don't go poking folks in China in their face, like literally touching them. Just get real close. <laughs> right. But get it on tape. Get it all over the world that I'm sending an emissary from the United States of America over to your country right now. They're going to land, and I want to talk to Xi Jinping. I would demand it. That's what these people need, man. And, and I would say, I'm not stupid. I know espionage is a game. I know we do things to them. They do things to us. They got caught this time. But it, on the international level, it's a gamesmanship where you can't look like a bitch, especially the United States of America. And that's what we look like right now. Like, yeah. uh, it's, and that's unfortunate. And that's putting mildly on the foreign policy level. When you let somebody send over a down spa balloon, all the way across America and you don't do anything about it. This could have been a trial run for China. Sure. They're going to say, hey, what can we get away with? Not only could they get the balloon over, because that's the easy part. Not only could they get this apparatus that's underneath the balloon all the way across America. That's that's just one thing. Can we do it? The second thing is, what's America going to do about it? What is their response going to be? How will they react? Could they, did they know it? When did they know it? And what will they do about it once they know it? And then even if the public didn't find out about it and they didn't do anything, that's a whole nother subject. If we never found out about it, you know how we should have found out about it? Because we know NORAD knew exactly where the hell this balloon was before it entered our airspace because it came across Alaska, down through Canada and back into our space again. That damn thing should have been shot down. And if there was a political, there's a couple different subjects here. If there was a political bone in Biden's brain, he'd have shot that damn thing down and won the next election. Period. 
hey, they shot the son of a bitch down when it was coming across Alaska and said, and it got it on the TV in the Oval Office and gave it an address to the nation and said, I shot their damn balloon down. Here's a videotape of it from an F-22. And here's a sidewinder that we put it in its ass in Alaska. Vote for me to be the next person. And he would have not, there was no way he could have lost the next election. But he didn't do that. That's the political level. On the international relations level, in the defense level of the United States of America, our territorial defense level, once he got caught knowing that it was over in Billings, Montana, then he should have shot it down. This guy made so many mistakes. It's not just him. Listen, it's not just Biden. It's, it's, it's his entire team. Yes. The entire team. He didn't even know... There was a balloon until his team let him know. You follow what I'm saying? He doesn't know things. And then... He is a puppet. Once he found out and didn't do shit about it, then his team... My God, these are the people that we have to take care of this country. There's only about 20. We have a civilian-controlled military. The military doesn't control themselves. Well, they, at least they shouldn't. That's why the defense secretary... That You've got rules in place. You can't even be a general and then come out of the military and be the Secretary of Defense within like eight years unless you get a congressional approval which is like a mad dog Mattis got. Mattis got, he had to go to Congress and they had to give him a go around the law to be the Defense Secretary. Because civilians run the military. There's like 25 people in in Washington that, that control the military. And that's why we set it up. That's why Tommy did it. And Hamilton. And Madison. And he said, we don't want the military having control of themselves. We need to have a, a civilian-controlled military. So that's where the military-industrial complex comes in. Well, the military-industrial complex comes in when you have wars and then you just... And, and a reason to exist. Yeah, Not just you, defense. Well, they, they, you, get, you get all kind of... The contracts. The, the, yeah, the contracts. So that's, yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. So then... This is where it gets interesting. Now, here's what they could have done. They could have painted like a logo on this missile and said, look at us. You know what I want to do is paint this. I want to plaster a flag on the side of that. Yeah, thing. yeah. And I know that yesterday. Show me that. Great minds think alike. You know, put the flag if, on there. Man, if you could have just, if you could have just like somehow, some way at 66,000 feet just covered it with an American flag and then maneuvered it and then like Sent that shit back to China, you know, like, and then, oh my goodness, yeah, that would have been classic right there. Or, or find it in the ocean and then put it if you can't do and it in the air, ship it back to yeah, him. yeah. Here, here, you know how many points by on the polit purely politics, yeah. How much he even after he screwed up so so much, he could have still scored politically. He could probably it's too late now. But there were so many opportunities for him to score politically, just on a political level, not on a defense level, an international defense level. He's a politician. He's the president of the United States. How he could have scored with this thing, do you know how much his approval rating would have shot? He'd have got six point bounce, and that's massive. If, he, if he'd have shot this damn thing in Alaska, got on the TV and said, hey, look, I'm badass Joe. Okay, now what is the scale on your six points? He's at like 34. Six thirty-seven percent approval rating right now. Okay, if he'd have shot that thing down in Alaska, 
and got on TV with a video with a production crew that he has and said, I'm Joe Biden and I'm the president of the United States and I just shot this damn thing down and I told Xi Jinping to go to hell and I'm shipping it back to him in a box that looks just like a casket and telling him if he does this shit again, we're going to have to have further talks, but I'll, I'll keep that in the back channels of the State Department. Hell, if somebody called me tomorrow, I'd just been like, yeah, I approve of him. I would. I'm not going to vote for his dumbass, but I'd give him an approval rating just for his little polls. He jumped up to maybe 56. Right. I mean, that's important in the world of politics. That's a separate issue. Politics and international proves he's an idiot. And not only <laughs> proves he's an idiot, okay. it proves his entire team's moronic. Right. They handled this thing. And somebody said, oh, there you go. That's when they came out. So they didn't know really how to handle this. So they said, oh, well, Trump did it too. Because they've only got two things that they do. The Biden administration has two ways to talk to people when they do something stupid. It's either, no, we didn't. and Or if we did, we didn't mean to. Or Trump did it too. I don't know why the hell they keep going back to Trump. He's not in office anymore. Yeah, he's probably going to run again, but yeah. Then they said, well, uh, the there were balloons coming over in the Trump administration in the, the news cycle starts every week on the Sunday shows. I, I don't understand why people still watch those, but they're still important political. Well, they, they're on sometimes at work. I know the Sunday morning shows, even, yeah, even the cable shows. So they send out this talking point, and they send out Cory Booker and a few other guys say, yeah, this, this this happened under the Trump administration. Well, that goes back to if it happened and the public didn't know about it, now they've come out and said it didn't happen. Well, see, so, that's where they run into a problem. That is where they run into a problem, and that's where my – I'm trying to give – that was me trying to give the Biden administration the benefit of the doubt. Right. But this is where they now run into a problem. Because now their PR and their public statements say, well, Trump did it too. And the people that hate Trump the most are generally people that Trump. used to work for him. Right. If he worked for Donald Trump, he pretty much hate his guts. That's <laughs> just the way it is. I, I don't know. I, he does a good job at what he does. But, I mean, I yeah, and they hate his guts. So, 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 but the, the, the Biden administration... And, they're Ill, and, and the political uh, onslaught that they and they, they that they tried to deliver to the media is to me mm-hmm. through the media through the media was that well Trump did it too well everybody now in the on the National Security Council the, all these other things came out and they're saying I don't know what the hell you're talking about this is complete Barbara Streisand. We're not playing this crap because this never happened. Uh, d- defense officials came out after the morning shows that came with the left onslaught of this PR campaign to say Trump did it too. Dude said, this never happened. It would have never happened. Donald Trump said that. It never happened with us under Trump, in the Trump administration. And if it had, we'd have shot it down immediately. So there's Trump. So he's the first guy that's got to come out and say this is Barbara Streisand. And then John Bolton. If you don't remember John Bolton, John Bolton, he's a foreign policy genius. He wanted to be Secretary of State. I think he was, yeah, he was the National Security Advisor. John Bolton hated Donald Trump so bad. He worked for him for like six months. He quit or got fired. Who cares? And wrote a book 
just lambasting Donald Trump. And I read like half of it. I couldn't read the rest of it. He came out. He told Fox News that he'd never heard of anything like this under his tenure. I don't know of any balloon flights by any power of the United States during my tenure. I have never heard of any of that occurring before I joined in 2018. I haven't heard of anything that occurred after I left either. And he said that if the Biden administration has... This uh, this is John Bolton. This guy hates Donald Trump's guts. He's running for president. He's already announced he's running for president. He hates Donald Trump's guts. He absolutely despises him. He wrote a whole book on it. He said if the Biden administration has specific examples... They need to call call me, but I can say with 100% certainty that didn't happen under my tenure. Robert O'Brien, who served as White House National Security Advisor from 2019 to 2021, told Fox News Digital that he had no knowledge of this ever happening. He said, I've never been briefed on the issue. I don't know what the hell this is. My team never knew it. Uh, and that included Matt Pottinger, who served as Deputy National Security Advisor, and Allison Hooker, who served as a Senior Advisor to Asia, and they were also unaware of any such activities. Former Acting Director of National, Intelli- National Intelligence, Greenell, who led the intelligence operations after COVID, told him that he'd never seen this. He said it never came up. If a balloon had come up, we would have known. Somebody in the intelligence community would have known and it would have bubbled up to me to brief the president. And former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, who led the National Intelligence Office after Grinnell left uh, and through the end, of the, admin, the end of the Trump administration, also refuted the claim, saying, it's not true. I can refute it. When you get on TV, when you say this stuff, the reason people get on TV and say these things with no ambiguous language it's because they want to make damn sure, A, they're protecting their ass, and B, let the public know this is complete Barbara Streisand. Uh, he said, it's not true. I can refute it. The American people can refute it for themselves. Now, here's the good part. This is what I really like about this guy, because this is how I would have said it. Do you remember during the Trump administration when photographers on the ground and commercial airline pilots were talking about a spy balloon over the United States that people could look up and see, even with the naked eye, and that the media that hated Donald Trump wouldn't report it? Then he said, I don't remember that either, because it didn't happen. So what you've got here is almost, a well, it's not almost, it's a cover-up. You've got a cover-up. They, they covering up their, their wuss-ass... Kitty cat, expletive deleted cells that tried to blame the Trump administration. They're, what do you call it, grasping for straws? Yeah, this is a drowning man grabbing a leaf off a tree, trying to think it might help him, and they're only digging themselves a bigger hole. It's absolutely, it's ridiculous. It's not insane, because it's what these people are. They just got caught. They're afraid. They're afraid of, they're afraid. I don't think George Washington, Thomas, Thomas, Tommy wasn't involved in that kind of stuff, but Washington, Lincoln, Trump, Eisenhower, Kennedy for sure, Reagan for damn sure. Oh my goodness. Don't even get me started. Reagan, let's see. Carter, eh, George H.W., George W. 
I don't even think Obama would have taken this. I don't think Obama would have let that balloon fly through uh, across this country. But, but one of the reasons Obama would not have let that happen is because he would know the political stakes of letting it get found out. Mm. Not because he gave a damn about national security. But he just shot the son of a bitch down and got on national television and was like, hey, well, that's my Bill Clinton voice. Uh, all my politician voices are my Bill Clinton voice. So, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is Obama. Hey, uh, you know, uh, I shot that damn thing down, and uh, uh, you know, I'm a badass president. Hey, Monica, excuse me, I'm busy right now. Uh, but yeah, we we uh, told the damn Chinese bastards go to hell. They can't do that again. But oh, I mean, oh Biden. But but yeah, that's what he ought to be. Yeah, he's oh Biden. Somebody give him a pint. <laughs> But Biden, he sits there and lets this crap happen. I, look, it's this serious. This is actually serious. What really sucks, man. I'm gonna conclude it with this. I am. What hurts my heart is I promise you, if Trump would allow this to happen, I promise you, I gave you my word, I've been mad as hell, and I probably wouldn't vote for him again. Or he'd have to come out and explain it in an Oval Office address to the nation and say, why the hell did you let this happen? And you need to explain it to me. I don't need to know classified information. I just need you to explain it to me and let me know that we're still America. We still don't let people f screw with us. You gotta explain to me, right in the damn camera, why the hell you let this happen without, I don't need to hear classified information, but at least, at least, Play with my emotions and my intellect and explain to me that you won't let this happen again, how it happened, why you let this damn thing go all the way across the country and complete its mission. It completed its mission. They were sending that crap back to CCP in real time. The commies. The commies. You know, I, people caught me. Hey, I know when I hear people, but I say the commies. People look at me weird. Like, yeah. Brad, what do you call them? Commies. Because they're damn commies. They let the commies complete their mission all the way across the United States of America, through Alaska, not just the contiguous states. All the way across America, they let this damn balloon go and complete its mission and then blow it out of the sky and try to score political points by doing it. Why did you just let it go? <laughs> well, you're going to wait for 15 nautical miles off the ocean, words out, outside of uh, our our territory, right. and then blow it up. Well, yeah, you did it, but why the hell did you let it go all the way across America and complete its mission? And he still hasn't addressed it. The only thing, he's only answered like two questions. This is Brad Job, and this is David. All right, we're going to come back with you guys go so in the future. We love you. Be back. See us next time. Freedom!